Lamentations chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 40 tonight, beginning in verse uh, 40. Uh, Jeremiah, of course, has been uh, commenting on uh, all that's happened. Uh, Jerusalem has fallen, of course, to the Babylonians, as we well know, uh, having been through uh, the end of 2 uh, Kings. Uh, we've leapfrogged over the book of Jeremiah, but we know that uh, Jeremiah was uh, preaching uh, around, well, the time leading up to uh, the captivity, uh, the fall of Jerusalem, its destruction, the captivity. Uh, we know that he suffered uh, a great deal, Brother Mike, at the hands of the people of Judah. They didn't like his preaching. <laughs> they, they didn't care one bit for his preaching about their sin uh, in calling them uh, to repent. And uh, his life was in danger a number of times in the book of Jeremiah. Lord saw fit to preserve his life in each uh, case. Uh, but now he's been uh, deported, carried off in the captivity together with the bulk of the people of Judah. And so uh, the Lord is using him to call the people to get right. Of course, the Lord's using the captivity to call the people to get right, but uh, continuing to use his prophets, including Jeremiah, uh, there in Babylon. And so we see uh, exactly that. Uh, uh, see with me here in verse 40, uh, Jeremiah writes under inspiration, uh, he says, let us search uh, and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. What? That's pretty clear. Uh, he's, he's encouraging the people. By the way, Zach, why does he say us and our in verse 40? By the way, in verse 41, he says, let us lift up our hearts. Uh, what does he mean when he says us and our, us and our? Any thoughts? Well, he's including himself, I think, would be, you know, he's, he's not just preaching down to people from a place of some, you know, spiritual perfection. There, I think there's a, a wonderful humility implied there, Brother Mike. Uh, he, he's saying, let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Uh, he's allowing the Lord to use him to call the people to examine themselves uh, and whatever the whatever Lord convicts them about, whatever they discover in their individual lives that needs to be corrected uh, to turn again to the Lord to get right. But he's including himself. Uh, I believe he, he recognizes that the Lord is including him in this language also. Uh, and so sure enough, it's, it's preaching, hey, get right. But it's, hey, let's us get right. Uh, you, 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 you all and me too. Uh, he says, let us search um, and try. Uh, the word underlying try has the idea to uh, examine, but, but not just casually. It, it, it hints at the idea of uh, examining oneself intimately, looking into every place that there might be a problem. Uh, let us search uh, our hearts, uh, our lives, and, and try ourselves, examine intimately uh, and find out our ways. Uh, he says, and then turn again. Uh, to the Lord. The, this word turn again, the underlying word, has the idea uh, of returning or, or reversing course uh, back to where you began. And it, it has that literal idea. Zach, presumably, he's referring to a place of obedience, right? Uh, there, there had been a time when there was not perfect obedience, but relatively more obedience. And so he said, hey, um, if, if it hasn't been made clear to us by this uh, condition that we're in, 
uh, here in the midst of the captivity in Babylon, let's just be real clear. What the Lord would have us to do now is to uh, examine ourselves and to turn back to him, uh, turn back to obedience. Uh, in verse 41, he makes it pretty clear this is going to involve some prayer. He says, let us lift up our heart, uh, and then this phrase, which is an allusion to, he to prayer, uh, with our hands unto God. Uh, lifting up hands unto God, this be a, a Hebrew, brother, but uh, the idea would have been familiar to uh, Hebrew people, people of Judah, that he, he's talking about prayer. He's, he's alluding to prayer, lifting up their hands to the Lord uh, as in prayer uh, unto God in, in the heavens. He's let us lift up our hearts uh, with our hands un, unto God in heaven. Now, that's, Mike, that's quite a word picture, right? Lord, Lord here's our heart. Uh, examine yourselves, examine your heart, uh, and turn again to the Lord, uh, and then offer, prayerfully offer your heart up to the Lord. Lord, here's my heart. Maybe the idea is help me examine it. Lord, you examine it with me, uh, for me. Show, show me where it's not right. Uh, help me to turn in, in my heart, my, my most inward part, back to you uh, and obedience to you. And, and Lord, I, now I yield my heart. I give my heart. Uh, to you prayerfully. Brother Ray, that's, that's a wonderful picture, lifting up your heart to the Lord. Uh, there's nothing prideful uh, in that picture at all. It's a giving of your heart to the Lord. Lord, Lord help us to give our hearts over to you, uh, to yield our hearts to you. Uh, Mike, we've said often, recently, I think, uh, that if we want to be right on the outside, we've got to be right on the inside, right? Obedience begins in the heart. Uh, you want to see how someone's doing, you, you look at, at, at how they're doing. You look at what you can see. You want to understand how someone's doing spiritually on the inside. Uh, you can oftentimes look on the outside and, and see hints at, uh, and maybe more sometimes. Uh, Lord, help us to be right with you on the inside in our hearts that our outward actions uh, might be right. So uh, this is very clear, very direct preaching uh, from Jeremiah to the people. Let's get right. Uh, the Lord has made it clear we need to get right, and so uh, let's get right. So he's encouraging them in verse 41 to pray, uh, and then he prays. Zach preachers need to do what, they need to walk the talk, right? Uh, he says, hey, you need to pray, and then he starts to pray. Uh, no hypocrisy there, Brother Gary. He, he says pray, uh, and then he prays. And, um, he prays to the Lord on behalf of all of the people. He's, he's interceding, it would seem, uh, for all of them, and he includes himself again. So uh, as he said, us and our in verse 40, and let us lift up our heart um, in verse 41. In verse 42, as he begins his prayer, uh, he says, we have transgressed and rebelled. Uh, he's including himself. He recognizes that, that he's not perfect. Of course, we would recognize the same. Uh, today, all have sinned to come short of the glory of God, all of us. Uh, that's why everyone needs a savior, of course. But Jeremiah recognizes that um, as much as perhaps his life has been relatively practically righteous uh, compared to the bulk of people of Judah around him, Brother Ray, he, he's not perfect. Uh, he's not perfect at all. He says, Lord, we uh, have transgressed, has the idea of breaking away from something, 
uh, breaking away from keeping the Lord's word, no doubt. Uh, transgressed is also translated offend uh, and rebel uh, and, and revolt. Uh, Brother Richard, wilf, to willfully sin um, against the Lord uh, is to willfully offend him. Uh, it necessarily involves a rebellion of the heart uh, against the Lord. And this word has that idea. So Jeremiah's, he, he's confessing this. Brother Ray, he's, he's acknowledging to the Lord that their sin has been no small thing. Now, are there degrees of sin? There's degrees of sin, right? There's degrees of sin, certainly. Uh, I think the Bible shows us that. I think you could even make a case that there's degrees of, of punishment that um, lost people could anticipate uh, in hell. I think you, you could make a case for that. There's degrees of sin, uh, no doubt. But uh, isn't all sin grievous to the Lord? All, all sin is grievous, absolutely. See, sometimes we're so tempted at times to think, well, you know, sure enough, this, this thing over here, it's a sin, but it's not like this. Uh, it's a little sin. It's not the big, hairy, audacious sin that someone else is doing over here. Sure enough, that, that might be true. Uh, your sin might be this thing, whereas that guy over there, his, his sin is this big, scary thing. Uh, but sin is sin. Uh, and all sin is grievous. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us uh, to never lose sight of that. Uh, the sin of the people of Judah, it was big sin. It, it, was, uh, it was open rebellion against the Lord. Um, but whether it's, it's, it's that or not, it's, it's all grievous. Lord, help us to never lose uh, sight of that. Help us not to minimize our sin in your eyes, understanding you're perfectly holy and it grieves you. Uh, Jeremiah prays, we have transgressed uh, and have uh, rebelled. We know what rebelled means. Uh, it's, a, it's a willful, uh, willful, open, militating against someone or something. Uh, the Lord, of course, in this case, that word's also translated disobeyed uh, or provoked. Certainly, uh, the people have provoked the Lord uh, long enough uh, that he uh, has seen fit to correct them uh, through the Babylonian captivity. Now, he says, we've transgressed uh, and we have rebelled. Zach, that implies a confession, right? There, there seems to be acknowledgement of sin there. Uh, there's confession of sin. Uh, back in verse 40, Jeremiah encouraged the people to uh, repent of sin. So he's encouraged that they examine themselves, search themselves, try their hearts, their ways, lift up their hearts where they're convicted of sin to turn again, uh, 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 repent. Uh, verse 42, there's, there's, um, there's uh, I'll get it, confession. There, there we go. But up to the point of this prayer, at least, look at that next phrase in verse 42. Uh, he's praying and he says, Lord, thou hast not pardoned. Mike, he's saying, Lord, it's, it's very clear to me that up to this point, uh, you, you have not seen fit to forgive the sin of this, these people. Uh, we, are, we are still under your heavy hand. It's, it's very clear that uh, you are still correcting us. We, you, the, the, the corrective hand of God, Lord, your hand has not been lifted from us. And uh, he seems to be saying, I think he's acknowledging that uh, as much as he's encouraging uh, examination uh, and confession and repentance, it really probably hasn't happened yet. 
Uh, and so he's acknowledging that, uh, I believe as a result of that, that Lord has not yet pardoned them. There's been uh, no confession and repentance, and so no pardon uh, can be offered um, yet uh, to the people. Lord, you've, you've not pardoned, you've, you've not seen fit to uh, forgive this uh, just yet. Um, and so he, he just continues uh, to pray, and he, uh, he acknowledges to the Lord, uh, he's acknowledged the sin, certainly, along the way, uh, but, but he begins to pray this, this prayer where, where he's just uh, acknowledging uh, that the, the, there have been great consequences. Uh, verse 43, they, they've suffered the Lord's anger. He's, he's praying. Uh, he says, Lord, thou hast covered uh, with anger uh, and persecuted us. Thou hast slain, thou hast not pitied or spared us. Certainly they have not been spared. Their lives have been spared, at least some of them, uh, but they've not been spared by the corrective hand of the Lord. And uh, thankfully, when we need it, we're not spared his, his correction either. Uh, the language in, in this verse is interesting. He says, uh, well, there's covered here in verse 43. It'll show up in verse 44 again. Uh, it can be used a couple of different ways in the context. It's one of those words where uh, context is really kind of the thing that helps you understand. Uh, he says, Lord, you, you've covered us uh, with or in anger. Uh, in this context, the word has the literal idea of, of fencing someone in. Uh, Brother Ray kind of covering them to, uh, to keep them in place uh, or to put them in their place. Uh, or, or to fence them into their place. Maybe the idea here is kind of like prisoners. They are literally uh, prisoners uh, as a result of the, of the Lord's intervention to correct them. Uh, and he says, Lord, you've covered us with anger, uh, with anger. Uh, does sin anger the Lord? That verse suggests it does, Brother A. Uh, it grieves him. Now, now grief and anger, they're, they're not the same. Uh, they're kind of like cousins, right, Rich? Grief and anger, they, they fit together pretty well, uh, certainly. Uh, he's acknowledging that the Lord has been angered by their sin um, and that um, he has acted uh, in response um, to that. Um, Zach, I don't want to anger the Lord. Uh, I don't want to grieve. Does our sin affect the Lord? Does our sin affect the Lord? Is that what you hear? Brother Ray, is that what you hear? Our sin affects the Lord. Uh, he, he, he's the God of all things. He's the creator of all things. He's the one who loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to die in our place. He, he indwells us and provides for us and cares for us. Brother Mike, our, our willful sin, it affects him. Uh, stop to think about that. Get a hold of that thought, chew on that. From It grieves him. Uh, it angry, his wrath at sin, it grieves him, it anger. Our sin uh, affects the Lord, the one who loves us so much with a perfect love. Uh, yeah, uh, it affects him. Get, get a hold of that. that. That is revealed here. He says, thou hast covered um, with anger and persecuted us. Uh, the word underlying uh, persecuted uh, it has the, the idea of to run after someone with uh, hostile intent. 
Uh, Mike, I don't, I, don't, I don't like that picture, someone running after me to do me harm. I don't, I don't like that. But uh, he's saying, you know, Lord, you, you've pursued us to correct us. You've, you've not just let us go our way. You did for a time. You gave us a space to, uh, to repent. There we go. Uh, but in, in your anger and, and wrath at sin and your grief and in your loving care for us, you, you've seen fit to come after us, to pursue after us, uh, and to correct us. And that's, that's really what the word has uh, kind of hinted at here, th- this idea. Uh, and so uh, Jeremiah is acknowledging that, sure enough, the Lord's affected uh, emotionally by sin, um, and that he, ha- he has responded to it. Um, and in a way that's consistent with his attributes. He says, thou hast slain, thou hast not pitied, uh, not spared us. Well, praise God, Rich, when I need to be corrected, I, I, I may not think this thought at the time, but looking back on situation, when I need to be corrected, I want to be corrected. Lord, give us that heart. Uh, Jeremiah has that heart. Verse 44 is very interesting. See it with me, please. He says, thou hast covered thyself with the cloud. I meant to check the Hebrew, but I think it's the same word that that is used in in verse 43. Uh, Thou hast covered thyself with a cloud. Uh, The idea would be that Lord has kind of fenced himself in or or off or away from the people, uh, for a time at least, not granting them access to him uh, as one of the consequences of their sin. Jeremiah says, Lord, thou hast covered thyself with the cloud that our prayers uh, should not get through. Uh, he's, he's acknowledging that the Lord is, is, is so grieved by their sin that for a time at least, he doesn't even want to hear from them. And, and in fact, for a time, uh, he refused to hear from them. Um, we, we have not been through Jeremiah recently, but... Uh, the book in Jeremiah 14 and verse 11, Jeremiah records that the Lord told him to not pray for the people uh, for a time. He said, I don't want you to pray for these people. Uh, the Lord was so grieved that he just did not want to hear from the people. He chose, Brother Ray, for a time that he, he would not hear. He basically, in Jeremiah 14 11 says, just, you know, spare, don't waste your breath. Don't waste your words. I'm not going to hear from these people for a time uh, as a consequence of their sin. Brother Mike, I, I, the, the idea that Lord could be so greatly affected by sin that he would not want to hear uh, from his people, that's, that's a grievous thing. Rich, you have a thought? Yeah, I, I, I agree, sure. Jeremiah is encouraging repentance. Uh, as the answer to this really, I mean, serious is not even close to, to a good enough word, but he's encouraging their repentance as the answer to this very serious situ- situation. Let us search and, and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts to him. Yeah, that's, that's the answer, Rich, uh, absolutely. Um, boy, now, um, stop you could ask tonight also, is it, is it exactly the same tonight? Brother Ray, I know that uh, my sins are under the blood of Christ and that um, I believe the Bible is pretty clear. He sees us 
as righteous people because he, he sees the righteousness of Christ covering our sins, right? So um, that, that said, well, that's true, but that said, the, the New Testament teaches that our sin grieves the Holy Spirit. So, you know, both, somehow both, both are true. And so uh, I know tonight that the, the Lord is, is still affected by sin, Rich, maybe not exactly the way, same way it might have been before the cross, but certainly in a, in a similar way, sin affects the Lord. And, and, and obviously that, that's a very serious thing. I don't want to grieve the Lord. Amen? Amen? Zach? doesn't affect our position, but it does affect our fellowship. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Amen. Uh, amen. Uh, so Lord, Lord didn't want to hear their prayers for a time. Jeremiah acknowledges that. He, he had firsthand knowledge of this for a time. Um, he's remembering that now, uh, getting this down again uh, for the people in the captivity. Um, and then verse 45, it's, it's even more grievous. He says, thou hast made us, so speaking to the Lord, praying to the Lord, thou hast made us as the offscouring and refuse uh, in the midst of the people. What's refuse? It's garbage. Uh, something that has been kind of used up and, and doesn't have any value. Uh, and you know, Probably what you, you just kind of sweep it up and, and get it out of the way. That word has that idea. Uh, Offscouring has the exact same idea. It has the literal idea of something that's swept up uh, off of something, scoured up, scrubbed off, or swept up uh, from something. It's uh, dirty, used, uh, unfit for use. Um, by the way, the, the word... Uh, the underlying word appears only here in Scripture. It's, um, and that's kind of the way, Rich, I think the Lord is, is sometimes he'll sort of underscore or highlight or kind of yell out uh, by using a word that he, he doesn't use anywhere else. Uh, this is, I think it's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit highlights something, just calls attention to it. This word does not show up anywhere else uh, in Scripture. The, the underlying word is one of those hapax Wagamanon words, only, only once in the text. Um, he uses the, the word offscoring and, and refuse. Mike, that's not good. Uh, he said, Jeremiah says to the Lord, thou has made us as the offscouring and refuse uh, in the midst of people. Now, dirty, maybe, dirtied by sin. Um, but what else might be in view here? Zach, I don't know if you have a thought. Um, garbage is good for what? Not much, right? And so, you know, may, maybe that is the idea. Um, they, 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 their sin has made them unusable to the Lord. And I think that's an idea that probably still remains true. Um, you know, if your life is just jammed full of sin, you may not be usable or not usable in the way that the Lord uh, would like to use you. And there's this New Testament idea of possibility of being kind of set on the shelf, set aside or set on the shelf because 
you've chosen to make yourself unusable to the Lord. So he says, okay, pick you up, put you on the shelf because you're really not very usable. So you're kind of parked on the side, um, you know, may, maybe uh, all the way home to him. Uh, they have a longer discussion about that another time. But um, now what's interesting in, in verse 45 is he's praying to the Lord and says, he, Lord, thou has made us as an offscouring and refuse uh, in the midst of people. And so while I think the, I, Mike, what's hinted at here is that their sin has made them, their sin certainly has resulted in that, but it's the Lord's action that he's referring to here also. Uh, and so maybe the idea is that you, you've made us kind of look like garbage in the midst of this people that we've been sort of drug off to now might be the idea. Uh, it goes on, and there's, there's similar language that's kind of like that. Uh, you, you've emboldened our enemies and caused them to kind of look down on us scornfully and uh, to view us as not much. Verse 46, he continues, uh, all of our enemies uh, have opened their mouths against us, scorning us and, uh, and ridiculing us. Uh, you know, we're, we're not much anymore. We uh, there might have been a time where some of them may have viewed us as, you know, something to be reckoned with, but not today. Uh, we've, been, uh, we've been conquered, Jerusalem has been destroyed, uh, and bulk of us been dragged off to uh, a place where we're, we're held in ridicule and scorn and mocked at. Um, yeah. So all of that, consequence of their sin. Lord, help us to get a hold of the idea that, well, there might be degrees of sin, Sin is sin, and sin has consequences. Uh, Jeremiah goes on in verses 47, 48, 49, and uh, addresses some of the emotional consequences of sin. So there's all the physical consequences they've dealt with. And uh, he goes on and looks at the emotional consequences. Fear and sorrow are two that he uh, highlights here. Uh, fear in verse 47. He says, fear uh, and a snare. What's a snare? not a drum, it's a trap, right? Fear and a snare is come upon us, desolation uh, and destruction. I was reading one of the commentators today and he said, you know, um, in the Hebrew, fear and a snare is pahad wapahat or wapahat. And he said, you know, I couldn't help but think as, as he read that in the Hebrew, it sounded like what it is. There's, there's, a, there's a literary term, onomatopoeia, when something sounds like what it is. Carolyn, I don't know if you remember that from way back in English class. Onomatopoeia is a word that sounds like what it is, like smack or pop or something like that. And he says, boy, in the Hebrew, there's a number of places he, he pointed out to in the Hebrew where he's talking about you know, all, all these really serious things and, and, and destruction. And you can almost hear the, the, the words in, in the Hebrew like just crashing into each other and how, boy, the Holy Spirit could even accomplish that as he's uh, causing uh, Jeremiah to choose the words uh, that he would use. Pahad, wapahat, something like that. Just sounds like uh, some destruction uh, happening. Smack, whap, pow. Uh, some, something like that. Um, it's in, amazing how the Lord gives words, and brother, right, words that would sound in the Hebrew ear, kind of like what they are to reinforce the idea. Fear and snares come upon us, desolation uh, and destruction. So sure, sure enough, people have suffered fear, would have suffered great fear 
uh, as waves of attacks came, waves of attacks, there we go, uh, came from the Babylonians and they started to be uh, carried off. Um, fear for sure, sorrow. Uh, these chapters are sorrowful laments. Uh, verse 48, Jeremiah um, describes and gives a testimony of his weeping over Jerusalem. And hear this language, verse 48, 49, 50. He says, mine eye runneth down with rivers of water. That's not just a, oh, I got a tear in my eye, right? Uh, that, that's a really... Brother Ray, that, that's crying, that's bawling, right? Uh, mine eye runneth down with rivers of water. Why? Well, the destruction uh, of the daughter of my people, the place, uh, and many of the people, of course, Jerusalem people, Jerusalem people of Judah. He says in verse 49, mine eye trickleth down and ceaseth not. Mike, he couldn't stop crying. Uh, ceaseth not without any intermission, no pause, no intermission. Uh, he, he just couldn't stop the crying. He couldn't stop crying uh, as, he, as he witnessed what happened and um, as, he, as he thought back on all that has happened. Um, that word destruction back in verse 48, it is from a noun that has the idea of something bursting. Zach, when something bursts, how much of it is left? Well, usually it wouldn't be very much at all, right? And so... No doubt that word is chosen to picture the, the extent to which Jerusalem is destroyed. Like it bursts, not much will be left. Um, and so that's, you know, that's a really strong word there. Uh, could, it could, uh, use, has the literal idea of burst. Sometimes it's translated crush or something like that. I believe uh, something is completely crushed. There's not much left to it either. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's, well, let me ask you, um, why did the Lord punish the people of Judah so greatly? Gary? And that sin is what? It's, yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's huge, right? Um, has the punishment been fitting to the transgression? Um, I would say, yeah, this language is, is really strong language that Jeremiah is using. Uh, and his ceaseless crying points to that also. But the, the other language that's so strong is the language regarding their sin. This terrible sin deserves terrible punishment. Uh, anyone ever sinned anything pretty bad? Probably, yeah, probably. Do, don't we deserve terrible punishment also? Uh, we deserve the punishment of hell. But, Mike, we have a Savior who saved us from the consequences of our terrible sin, uh, such that we, we don't have to suffer the, the terrible consequence of, of hell. Thank you, Lord. And, you know, you, I, you, know, you, you could read these verses and, and just get dragged to a, a really bad place. And I, I would discourage that again tonight. Don't, don't go there. Uh, let it remind you that, boy, if, if not for Christ, <laughs> if, if not for Christ, um, I wouldn't have much to look forward to except uh, punishment that would look like uh, the punishment that's described here only be much worse, the, the punishment of hell. Lord, thank you. Uh, thank you for a Savior 
uh, who saves me from the ultimate consequence of sin in, in a very real hell. Now, obviously, we'll be reminded tonight that that doesn't prevent the Lord from correcting us uh, and allowing trials in our lives for which he has various reasons, including correcting us. Uh, we know that he, he still allows trials, but, but not the trial of hell as the ultimate penalty for sin uh, for the saved. Look at verse 50. Uh, it seems like Jeremiah, just, he's, he's reflecting back at the time when he, he just couldn't stop crying. He says, till or until the Lord looked down and, uh, and be, behold from heaven. So uh, there's time he, he's reflecting back and he says, Lord, it just seems like there, I, I came to a place where I realized you were kind of looking down on me mercifully and comforting me uh, and tears stopped. He says in verse 51, yep, they stopped for a moment at least. Verse 51, my eye affected my heart because of the daughters uh, of my city. Certainly, certainly. Now, verses 52, um, pretty much through the end of the chapter, um, people view a couple of different ways. Um, some say this is, uh, so beginning in verse 52, down through the end, uh, Jeremiah sort of personifying um, the people of Judah in the captivity. Maybe uh, this is poetry. This is poetry. Others have said, well, he is literally speaking about some things that uh, he has experienced. And, you know, he experienced an awful lot of, of difficulty, which I've already alluded to tonight, Brother A, before Jerusalem fell, he's preaching and preaching and calling the people to repent, calling them out for their sin, you know, publicly, privately, not leaving anyone out from kind of low to high in society. And they, they wanted him jailed and they wanted him dead as a result of that. You know, you can't talk to me like that. Or you can't talk to me about that like that, uh, about me like that. There we go. Um, and it, it, it might be that he's looking back, and I think this is probably a better way to view it, he's looking back on, on that time, which wasn't so long ago, where uh, enemies were coming after him, Brother Mike, unrighteously, and um, it was very difficult, obviously, uh, but he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord ultimately delivered him from that. Now, We've talked about this idea a lot over the years. When, when you can think back to a time that the Lord helped you, that's a help today, right? When you can think back to a time when the Lord helped you in the past, Brother Ray, if you're going through something today, that'd be a help to you today. Uh, if you can look in the Bible and see the Lord helping people in a difficult time, you can say, well, I have the same Lord. Maybe he'll help me too. Uh, and you know what? I have the same Lord, and he has helped me in the past. Maybe he'll see fit to, to help me today. He's made an awful lot of promises to me, and he's God who keeps promises. And I'm, I'm reminded by that in my own life. I'm reminded of that as I see him keeping promises in Scripture. I think probably Jeremiah is doing something like that. He's in the captivity now, uh, and he's thinking, boy, this is hard. I'm suffering, you know, like anyone else in the captivity but he's, he's able to think back to a recent time where he was treated badly, <laughs> uh, where he was going through a difficult time, but he cried out to the Lord and, and put his trust in the Lord and trusted the Lord, and, and sure enough, the Lord brought him through that. And so I think that's 
that's probably what, what is, is happening here. I think that's the best way to see it. Well, let's, let's do see it. Beginning in verse uh, 52, he says, mine, enemy, mine enemies chased me sore like a bird uh, without cause. Well, back, uh, back in Jerusalem, that, that was the case. Uh, they've cut off my life in the dungeon and cast a stone upon me. Um, yep, he was jailed. He was jailed. Back in Jeremiah, he records that. He says, waters flowed over my head. Um, then uh, I said, I'm cut off. Um, he was jailed under a cistern or something like that at one point and might have literally thought he, he might have been drowned uh, at that point. So, you know, this, this kind of all fits uh, the history. Uh, one commentator says this, interesting thought. He says, Jeremiah here may be speaking of his enemies within Jerusalem uh, who had sought to put him to death. That's what I've suggested also. Uh, his only crime was preaching the word of God to them. Then he says this, he says, to that degree, Jeremiah was a type of Christ, a man who was persecuted for preaching the truth, a man who people sought to put to death because he warned them about their sin and the consequences of their sin. Zach, that make him a type of Christ, certainly. Uh, that's Dr. Sorensen, who is, you know, he's been here and um, recommend his writing, certainly. I don't agree on every little tiny point always, but certainly overall. Uh, agree with him uh, tremendously. Um, so, yep, it, I, I think he is. He's, he's thinking back to this recent time when it just wasn't going well for him because of uh, his obedience, his faithfulness to the Lord. Verse 55, by the way, you can be faithful to the Lord, still suffer trials. Amen. You can be obedient, faithful, serving the Lord, still suffer trials. Remember, as we see in Job, not all trials are correction. Don't forget that. Verse 55, he says, I called upon thy name, O Lord. Uh, I called out to you, Lord, out of the low dungeon. Well, he had literally been in a dungeon. Uh, could be poetic language, but he literally had been in a dungeon. Thou hast heard my voice. Hide not thine ear at my breathing, uh, at my cry. Uh, Lord, <laughs> I've been in a tough situation before. Uh, I cried out to you. You heard my voice. What? That, he's encouraging himself. And uh, I think he's, uh, he's imploring the Lord to do the same now also. He's implored people to pray, and now he's praying. Uh, he's thinking about a time when the Lord didn't hear, didn't even want him to pray, but didn't hear. He's imploring the Lord to hear again. Thou hast heard my voice in the past, hide not thine ear at my breathing, at my cry. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou saidst, fear not. So he's, he's greatly encouraged that as he thinks about a time that was very hard in the recent past, and he prayed and the Lord heard him, and the Lord encouraged him, fear not. Uh, Lord has encouraged various of his prophets at, at different times. Of course, we saw recently in Isaiah 41, his encouragement to Isaiah, uh, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will withhold, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Uh, yeah, the Lord is available, Brother A, to encourage us. Uh, he encouraged Isaiah. He's encouraged Jeremiah in the past and used him greatly. 
Um, and he, Jeremiah is seeking that again on behalf of all the people, including himself. Verse 58, O Lord, thou hast pleaded the causes of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. Amen. Uh, in the next several verses, he acknowledges that the Lord has dealt with his enemies uh, in the recent past, I believe, what he's saying. O Lord, verse 59, thou hast seen my wrong. Uh, judge thou my cause. Thou hast seen all their vengeance and all their imaginations against me. Thou hast heard their reproach, O Lord, and all their imaginations against me. The lips of those that rose up against me uh, in their device against me all the day. Behold, they're sitting down, they're rising up. Uh, I am their what? What does it say? Music. The spelling is different than we might expect, right? How is it spelled, Zach, in your Bible? And is it, is it I see? Does anyone else have it spelled differently? Do you, do you have a K on it? Yeah, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to vary with the edition of the King James Bible that you have. It's one of those places where you'll see a little difference in spelling or something like that, depending on the edition that you have. So either, either say, either say uh, C or CK, um, uh, which would be the spelling of the, the English word, right? Uh, I am their music. I, I am their music. I, uh, what's he mean by that? What's he mean by that? you have any thoughts? Gary? They played him. Uh, could, could be that, right? Uh, yeah, could, could be that. Uh, one man says, uh, he understands, I am the subject of their scornful songs. Uh, yeah, so, something like that. Behold, they're sitting down and they're rising up. I'm, I'm their music. Uh, they mock me in their songs, their derisive or scornful songs. Um, and so he prays against his enemies. Um, and now it could be that as he's prayed that the Lord would deal with enemies in the past and, and rescue him, which the Lord has dealt with enemies in, in the recent past and rescued him, uh, he might be praying against uh, present enemies now. And, you know, again, being encouraged and instructed and reminded of God working in the past and now calling upon God to work in the present also. I think basically what he's about to do is say, Lord, you know, I, as, as you've led me, I've called these people to search themselves and to repent uh, and to, to lift up their hearts to you, confessing their sins. And Lord, as they do, would you deal with their enemies? Would you deal with these Babylonians uh, and, and rescue the people from this place, allow them to uh, turn back home. As they turn their hearts back to you would, you, would you send them back home? And of course, ultimately, the Lord answered that prayer also. Uh, eventually, you know, 70 years in, the, the Persians, Brother Ray, the Medo-Persians, gain control. They're the New World Empire. They gain control over the Babylonians, and Cyrus issues that decree. Y'all get back home, <laughs> build, build up that temple, that city, uh, get on back there and do that. By the way, he had uh, maybe political motives, but probably spiritual ones also. It seemed like he, he, he liked to have any, anyone and anyone's God praying for him. And so his motives may have been um, kind of prideful and self-centered as far as he was concerned, but the Lord was using him to uh, get his people back home as they got right with him. 
Well, I think Jeremiah is praying for that. Render unto them, verse 64, render unto them a recompense, O Lord, according to the work of their hands. Give them sorrow of heart, thy curse unto them. Persecute and destroy them in anger from under the heavens of the Lord. Yeah, that's, that was his desire. God deal with these present enemies as he's dealt with enemies along the way. God, as we get right with you, as we turn our hearts to you, you return us back home, deal with these folks. Zach, I believe that's a prayer that God answered. Took a while, took some decades, but took people a while to get right also, I believe. Um, they suffered the consequences of their sin, but ultimately uh, this, this prayer was answered. Does God answer prayers? Yes. <laughs> Mike, does he always answer prayers as quickly as we want him to? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And that, that teaches us patience. Patience. You always get an answer, but maybe it's an answer that requires patience, right? Uh, patience. You ever go fishing, Brother Garcia? You ever do any fishing? No, not much. Fishing. You ever do any fishing? Yeah. And did it require patience at times? Did it require patience at times? <laughs> patience. Patience. I did a little fishing this week, and it, it, it requires patience. Patience. Um, yeah. Lord, help us to be people of prayer, uh, confession, and repentant prayer. Um, and Lord, people that would pray for, for you to restore blessings, as we do, but people who would pray that you help us to be patient also. Let's stop there. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for uh, working, for being active in our lives, for blessing and, yes, for correcting when that's needed. Lord, um, as I've reminded tonight, we're mindful that not every trial is correction, but sometimes it's clear in our hearts that trials are, in fact, correction. Lord, when you show us that, I pray again tonight, you give us hearts to get right, to return to you, to confess sin, to repent of it, forsake it. Lord, look to you to restore blessings in our life. Father, I pray again tonight that you give us hearts to, to never lose sight of the consequences of sin, which include grieving and angering you. Lord, none of us would choose that tonight. Give us hearts to remember that our sin really does affect you. And it affects our walk with you. Father, help us not to minimize our sin, but to take it as serious as it really is. Lord, thank you. I'll give you a moment to pray, church, and we'll sing.
Lord, thank you for loving us enough to work in our lives intimately. Lord, give us hearts to love you back with our obedience. As we look to you for grace to obey you. Father, I love you. I thank you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together if you're able to. We'll turn to 629. 629, love lifted me. All right, please do stand with me as we turn to number 629. We'll sing all three verses of 629, Love Lifted Me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply saved within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else can help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. All my heart to him I give, ever to him I ping. Presence live, ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true, merits my soul's best song. Faithful, loving service too, to him belongs. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Souls in danger look above. Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea, builds his will obey. He, your savior, wants to be, be saved today. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Yeah. 